Hello and welcome to Season 7, Episode 9 of the Euphoria Podcast. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. As a heads up before we head into this episode, this episode is mostly going to be about looking back on the split, looking back on everything that has happened. Next week will be our playoffs primer where we talk about all of the matchups in great detail. But this week will be more about looking back at the regular season, talking about regular season awards and a few other topics. Um... We're going we're gonna to look at Schalke today, actually, interestingly. I went to the Schalke house a few weeks ago. We're going to take a look at that piece. But most importantly, most importantly, dear audience, Don't we, say it. we have a bet to resolve. To resolve this bet, it's Cajal as always. Ender's here as well. Welcome to both of you gentlemen. You can tell by the t- tone of voice who's excited about this bet and who isn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just sick. Why would you do this? <laughs> you sound agreed to this. All right. All I'll say is we'll we'll just jump into it. We'll jump into the bet segment proper. I'll explain the bet. I'll explain what happened with the standings, and we can just we can get into it. I'm gonna need to magically swap positions here, though, to to be an optimal optimal bet production territory. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna clap my hands and we're gonna pretend like this is magic, even though it's definitely not. Oh. All right. I'm gonna give you the lowdown before we get into this bet, so these guys aren't suffering any longer than they have to. This is the fish sauce bet. I won the playoff <laughs> predictions race. You guys can check the graphic. We'll post it behind me here. Um, with four points, Ender in second place at third, Cadrill in last place with only one correct prediction. And in this Noob. game, one head. <laughs> in this game, here's how it's going to work. It is a multiple choice questions. I'm going to ask one person at a time. If they get it right on their first try, they get a point across the aisle to one of five cups and choose which one their opponent gets to drink from. Now, in four out of five cups, there's iced tea. Peach iced tea, pretty mild, not too bad. In the other one, there is a mixture of fish sauce, water, and sugar. For context, it was originally pure fish sauce, but that was so nasty that my producer vetoed it, so it is now uh, fish sauce light, you know? Fish sauce on the rocks, so to say. Um, And if you get a question wrong, you drink from a cup of your choosing, and then the other person gets a chance to ask uh, to guess the question from the three remaining options. Every question will have four options. If they get it wrong, they have to drink again. We go back and forth until someone gets it right. Now, warning, if you are in podcast land or in general do not like to see people suffer, there are going to be a lot of anxiety sounds into the mics. There might be like weird throat sounds. So if you are not keen to experience this level of human suffering, which I totally understand, um, you can skip ahead. It's probably going to take 10, maybe 15 minutes. Our next segment, we'll be talking about the teams that have fallen away. So just if you're not on YouTube, you can't see that I'm holding up a puke bucket right now. (laughs) It's a bin. I'll leave that down there. Yeah, thank you. So first question, which player had the highest CS at 15 in a single game this split. All these questions are gonna be about LEC spring 2021 and thus otherwise listed. Was it, again, highest CS at 15 in a Is single game? Is it diff- game? difference or just highest CS? 15? Highest raw CS number. Okay. Was it A, Checolad, B, Hear It, C, Reckless, or D, Hansama? <laughs> Oh no. Highest CS at 15. Let's yeah. think here. So top laners, probably it's not a top laner. It can't be here it. So Checolad could be Azir Syndra. Mid laners do get to tend to get more farm because they get blue buffs. But Excel's early game was also always tragic. True. I feel so much tension in my oh, chest. God. I'm just watching. Dude, There's I'm no getting, stakes I'm for me and I'm so anxious. <laughs> See, I always flip it. I always flip it. I flipped with my predictions. I think I, I would flip it if I went to Chocolat. So I, maybe I should just go with Reckless. 
my boy Reckless. I mean, he has so many good... Yeah, Reckless. I'm going to say Reckless. You're going to say Reckless? There's no way it's Reckless. The answer is Checkalad with 180 CS. Wait, how did you say the answer? Oh, no! Let's go! Hey, remake, 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 remake! Nope, 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 you got it wrong. All right, I'm going to make up a bonus question for you with three answers. That's some bullshit. Oh, no, I'm such a bad quiz master. So what do we do now? Dracos has to drink? Oh, no. True. no, 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 I don't know. All right, all right. What do we do? You're going to drink. But then he has to automatically get a question. Wrong? You get, no, no, you get, you get a, wait, no, I can't get it right. You, you're going to drink. Yeah. And then through the graciousness of my mistake at some point, because this bailed Ender out, you will get bailed out in the future. Okay, cool. Interesting. Okay, so. That to right my wrong. Okay. But what if I was going to get it right? Then you wouldn't have had to drink, but that's the best possible Yeah, but option. I was going to get it right. Well, I mean, he narrowed it down to two. All I had to do was pick the one that yeah, was So now, when you... Wrong. It's, okay, it's fine. We're going to bail him out one time. Okay, okay, I've okay. completely ruined this. If you're at home, I'm a horrible quiz master. I will Actually, no, that's now. fine. That's fine if you could bail. I'm, I have no issue with that. Why? <laughs> this is not a competition. We're both trying to win here. Kay, okay. <laughs> We're going to try to get through this. Just okay, so people don't so have to watch have to 30 minutes of us okay, being I have to choose a cup. I have to choose a cup. Yes, please do. I don't know which one to choose, man. Do that one. Just that, one, that one's safe, dude. I promise. Yeah, the you right promise? There. It's safe. It's safe. I swear. You promise? I swear to God you it's, promise safe. it's safe. I swear to God it's safe. Drink. <laughs> You're good. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, Phil, if you could please come in and remove the cup for young Cajal. It was oh iced tea. Okay. See, oh, I, I knew it, dude. Okay. I knew it. I had your back. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I just bailed him out. <laughs> Question, all right, question number two. I won't mess up this time. We'll see if you guys mess up this time. Whew. Number two for Ender, which team had the worst gold differential at 10 minutes on average? Is it A, Vitality with negative six, 800, sorry, I mean a negative 871 gold. Is it B, Excel with negative 1,081 gold? C, Astralis with negative 737 gold? Or at D, SK Gaming with negative 543 C, Astralis. Yes. Down the line. <laughs> How did you know? Because it's not Excel. <laughs> Which one did you choose? You said down the line. The oh, next down one the line. line. Yeah, the middle yeah. one? No, 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 no. The, the, right one? there. Yeah, right yeah. There. We're just going straight down. Wow, that was pure confidence. Okay, wait, Phil. Uh, can you, can you, uh, Cadrill, can you just close your eyes for a second? Phil, can you take that fish sus cough out, put a new one oh, in, and the then smell. mix them up? Uh, I don't even want this next to me. It smells so bad. Close your eyes, Cadrill. Close your eyes. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. It's kind of, it's fun when you're not losing, right? It's, it's fun when you're not Okay, did Ender see where it went? Uh, might have seen it. Oh, her. I did not. No, Ender was paying attention. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Oh, there's still only four Question. Left. Hold on. Wait, we're there's we're... surely there should be five. That's so mean. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Here we go. All right, question number three for Cadrill. Which of these champions, which one of these champions was banned but never picked in the LEC 2021 spring? Is it A, Nunu, B, Fiddlesticks, C, Twitch, or D, Jax? I'm gonna say Twitch. That would be incorrect. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> Candles, you can please pick a cup and drink from a Did cup. Did the crown shop play Twitch? What were the other options just so I can think about it while he uh, suffers? So Twitch has been removed is incorrect. The remaining options are Nunu, Fiddlesticks, and Jacks. Do I drink now? Yeah. I think you drink now. Do you think about your answer so you're ready to go? Okay, it's good. Oh, oh no. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I, I think... Oh, there's a fiddle plate, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Nunu. Nunu is incorrect. <laughs> so what Was it fiddle six? It was fiddle six, right? I can't tell you. Gadriel gets one last chance to guess. Wait, I guess you have again? to guess again? You have to go until you're right. Wait, okay, so what's left? Fiddle oh, sticks fiddle and six jacks. jacks. Right. So which, what was the question? It was banned but never was played. Banned but never picked. Well, it, it what? Was, it, I misunderstood uh, the question. But J Jax was picked. Jax was picked. It's fiddlesticks. Oh my god. Yes, it is fiddlesticks. Andrew, drink the cup. Oh, we're good. Okay, that was pretty good. <laughs> dig it, dig it, dig it. Phil. Surprise, you... it's fish sauce. <laughs> Whose question was Watch that? It. That yeah. was Cato's it's, question. This is my question. It's Ender's time now. Okay. Ender, which player... We might only get to... We might just get to like six or seven. We might cut early because this is brutal. Which, which player had the highest forward percentage? This is time spent past the halfway point in lane for people who don't know that stat. Uh, was it A, Larson, B, Broken Blade, C, Whippo, or D, Hear It? B, Broken Blade. You got it right, didn't you? Got it right. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Dude. Did you go into this? Did you go into the stats before no. this? Oh my! I remember the broken blade stat though. Oh, one in three. Because no. what three. you don't remember is that I was also looking for questions because I thought I was gonna win. So there's oh. some that I just remember from like not not even just remembering the question, just remembering weird stats that I was intentionally looking for. I'm so sorry, bro. I'm getting. I'm getting absolutely. You get a pick. You get a pick. By the way, remember. Oh shit! Yeah, just right there. The one that's isolated by itself. It needs a friend. It's a one in three. Man. It needs a friend, dude. <laughs> it's iced tea. I got you. You're chilling. See? You're good. I'm good. I've got your back. Oh, it's a coin flip now. I hate this game. I hate this game. Okay. Cadrill. Yeah. I'm really bad at these stats questions, dude. I don't know. Stats. I don't know how Ender's good at them. Um... <laughs> I, it's just random, like... He pays attention in stats meetings. It's oh, <laughs> no, yeah, no. that's the lesson. Shout out to our boy Marcus. All right, we're going. No, I'm kidding. I do pay attention. I, yeah, I do. All right, we're going. Which bot lane had... Phil, you're going to have to tighten this up. I'm sorry in advance for the edit this is going to be because we were just... It's hard. Which bot lane had zero two versus two kills this season? Which bot lane had zero two versus two kills this season? Is it A, Vitality, B, Misfits, C, Shalka, No Fear, or D, Astralis? Zero two with two kills, the whole split. Um... Oh my god, I have absolutely no idea. Honestly, I can't remember. Can you repeat? It was Schalke, Vitality. Schalke, Vitality, Misfits, Astralis. Okay, so it's probably Vitality or Astralis, I would say. Misfits, Schalke sounds a bit far-fetched. Kobe, Kobe Vander probably have a little bit of scrap. We count the, Okay, Vitality. That would be incorrect. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please pick a cup to drink from, Kedro. I hate my life. What do I go with, left or right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Not again. Oh, Phil just clenched. He needs fish sauce. Pain. Oh, no, it's so good. Suffering. Oh, God. <laughs> God. All right, Ender. The, what are the three options? What did you say? You said Vitality. Oh God, the remaining them. options are Misfits, Schalke, and Astralis. <laughs> For zero 2v2 kills. Zero 2v2 kills. Misfits, Astralis. Schalke. Uh, Schalke. <coughs> it is Schalke. Good job, Ender. <laughs> <laughs> Ender's had one cup! <laughs>
Wait, does, does this fish sauce man. have fish in it? I feel like I had fish in my mouth as well. Yeah, it's, with the sauce. it's definitely that would, that's be where the name comes from. It's yes. implied in the name. Okay, um, Phil, if you have any extra normal cups that you can add in for Cadrill, just can you throw those in? He needs the mercy at this point. All no, right. he only had one left. Yeah. Cadrill, <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you and Ender to close your eyes at some point so that Phil can mix up your cups. But for now, Ender, it is your question. Whip uh, Whippo is about to hit 500 kills in the ooh. LEC. How far away is he? Is it A, 5, B, 4, C, 7, or D, 3? What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is more like it. <laughs> this is more like it. I was answering your questions. Get out of here. This is more like it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to need those numbers Just again. Just sipping on one right. of his cups, enjoying the it. The options are five, four, seven, or three. It doesn't change anything. Just flip it. It's not seven. Oh my God, it's disgusting. There's fish in the cup, by the way, in the sauce. Three. It's three. I swear to you that Ender had no idea about any of these questions in advance. I found these questions, I made up the fake answers. The only answers that were given to me by our stats guy, Marcus, were the real answers. We have to choose a cup for you. Oh no. Dude, look up this on this on the side down the line. It's always down the line. Okay, first the, what, the first time I got it, the fish sauce was one and four. Then it was one and four again. So this this could be one and four again. If it's one and four again, man, good luck. No. <laughs> <laughs> you have the okay. look of a man <laughs> resigned to his fate. You can keep that and drink that if you want. Um, it yeah. helps. Okay, all right. I don't actually. What do you mean it helps? <laughs> you, it's, you've had one cup. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh my god! I mean, I was Come on, easy question. So. Easy question. Oh. Who's the AD carry on? Come on uh, <laughs> Reckless. Oh. Which which of these players? Oh, very close. Got was that wrong featured yet. in the most post-game interviews? Is it <laughs> A. Jezu, B. Zanzara, C. Yankos, or D. Gilius? <laughs> no. Do we count PGL? No, PG excluding PGL. And start of day interviews, just post-game interviews. See, this is a tricky one because Astralis didn't win many games, but in every single one of them, Zanzara probably got the interview alongside White Knight. Uh, who are the other ones? Jezu, Zanzara, Yankos, or Jezu's had a lot of them. My life, man. I honestly have no clue. Do you have any idea? Maybe. <clears throat> I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say Jezu. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Along yes! with Trimby, Reckless, oh. and El Yoya, Jesse oh. was tied for number one at three oh, interviews. Yes, I'm saved for Please one round. Please pick a cup for Ender round, to drink I'm from. Safe. I'm safe for one round. Uh, okay. Um, um, oh, Ender. <laughs> <laughs> now, do I spite you because there was one cup you were fearing? Okay, I won't do it to you. I'll do far right. This one? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. What? No, oh. Don't, don't. Ah. Just drink the cup. Oh, thank God. <laughs> we have to get Ender. Get, he has to drink fish so okay. once. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, that was terrifying. Here's a question that's almost perfectly designed for Ender. In spring 2021, <laughs> excluding week eight, what was the most popular emote used in the LEC Twitch chat? Is it A, Morphin Time, aka spam the static to help Fnatic, B, Brain slug, spam this goo to help G2 for context, otherwise you probably won't know these emotes. C, the heart, 
purple Twitch heart. Or D, lol. <laughs> Wait, but lol is too obvious. No, is, it's is not. Is KW enabled in NFC no, chat? No, KW is enabled. Yeah, you're right. But it's I don't... It, it's So for the record, I'm, I was oh. surprised that KW wasn't on this list. I don't think it includes better Twitch TV emotes. I think it was well, exclusively Twitch Well, that's obviously TV. rigged because it should be weird. I mean, I um, gave you the four <laughs> potential options. Um, okay. I thought backstabbed or betrayed would be on here somewhere, to be honest. Okay, 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 wait. So excluding week eight, because I know week in week eight, eight there was a lot of spam the static to help Fnatic miss playoffs. Um, oh, no. Okay, so Fnatic, G2, LOL, and Heart. Pretty much, yeah. There are a lot of hearts. Oh, God. <laughs> it has to be a Fnatic or G2, I think. <laughs> I think it has to be. But then at the end of the day, there's so many hearts. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm go. so sorry. I'm you so gotta, sorry. Gotta, gotta. Uh, excluding the gate? Don't overthink the excluding. You're correct. The correct emote is Morphin Time Spam the Static to Help Fanatic. I'm sparing you. Thought you thought I would get the Twitch chat question this is, wrong. Okay, for the, for the record, this is this is me sparing you. This is from the first question. This is me sparing you. You don't oh. have to guess. Oh. Again. But bam, bam, bam. Oh, wait, no, it's not me sparing you because you just got it right first guess. Never mind. Yeah, but you get Sorry, a point. Sorry, that one down the line. Sorry, what? <laughs> that was so cruel. Yeah, that was my bad. Oh You're my not sparing here. That's not the context where that applies. Uh, please. Down the line. Down the line. So I have to drink. You have to drink. That is so cruel. <laughs> All right, we got two more oh, questions. Oh, this bin smells disgusting, man. <laughs> what, what is this? Hey, do you want a do you want a fresh this bin? This one? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's let's get it. There's no way I have three of them, right? And yeah. he has none. This is fine. I knew it. We're good. Oh, Cadrill. Of the four champions I'm about to list to you. Which one did G2 pick the most this season? Now, a little context to lighten this up. G2's most picked champion is Jin at eight. This champion that I will list for you is technically their second most picked champion. Okay. So, your options are Senna, Gragas, Nidalee, and Rel. Gragas. Yes, that's correct. Yes, I looked at this stat this morning. <laughs> Thank God. Which cut would you like, Andrew? Middle. <laughs> Middle of what's left? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all, Cajun. God. <laughs> I can do it. No, sir. No, sir. No. <laughs> Oh, it tastes it feels like so what cat food smells like. Yeah, it tastes disgusting. All right, that all right, all right. One more question. No. This is for you, Ender. Oh, no. Ender, please, no. I'm 50-50. Wait, which one? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. Just get rid of all the cups, Ender. Just get rid of all the cups. You could get spared. <laughs> oh, I could get spared. This is the final round. You get spared. Oh. Uh. All right, last I question. Three left. You ready, Ender? Yeah. Which one of these players ended the season with 19 isolated deaths? Is it A... Whippo, D, or sorry, A, Whippo, B, Broken Blade, C, Karzy, or D, Humanoid. 19 isolated deaths. Actually, <laughs> actually, fun. I think before you think about this, I'll help you out a bit. Okay, okay. There was a show match yesterday and Karzy played Thresh and he got called out a lot. <laughs> How many times did he die? I don't know. Like five, four? 
I but think, I feel like you wouldn't die isolated very often outside of that, mm, right? AD uh, carries usually don't die isolated. Wait, why am I helping you? If he gets it wrong, I'm spared. Yeah. Okay, Whippo and Humanoid are obviously the immediate ones that call out to me, but they're also probably, like, they're too easy. Humanoid, but on it, it would be a good meme if you just chose Humanoid anyways. Like, that is quite funny. You know what? D&D, &D, Humanoid. You are right. Boom! I knew that. You know what? I for, knew. For the I knew. And now you get to pick. Wait, is Kedro? Kedro, you're not spared in this instance. Yeah, I know. Because you got it wrong. I you didn't pick your last shot. For the record, for the record, this was a bait Rigged. because Whippo is at 20. And my hope was that you would pick Whippo so I could go, no, Whippo has 20 and then make you try. Oh, that is. You see, I knew they were both really high. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, that's funny. Nice. Sorry. Okay. I'm You're sorry. the worst. He, he's outsmarted me at every You're turn. You're the worst, okay, I can't believe I actually had to drink one. That was really messed up. Which one do you want to pick? I don't really. That's you pick. Which one do you want to pick? I don't want to pick. Pick one. Why? Because you're going to pick the opposite. Maybe. <laughs> no. it's, a, it's a risk you have to take. No, you have to pick first. No, I'm not That's what I'm deciding. No. No, you really do. No. You really do. I don't want to pick. We got to wrap it up. You pick a, pick a cup. One of you. Pick a cup. I don't care who. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> left. All right. Drink the left one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. all right this has been the fish sauce bet if you like bets like this if you want to see more of this let us know no thank more you. of this nope. we're, nope. we're gonna go on nope. to the next segment of the show but thank you for sticking with us if you are tuning in at any point during this for podcast land the gross part of the show is now over regular discussion will resume spoiler we record the bet last so whatever suffering <laughs> These guys endured. We can just pretend. They like, have, oh, oh, that fish sauce is terrible. Uh, we record it last, the same reason we record the spicy bet last. We don't know what's going to happen or how bad it's going to be. And uh, I need a bucket. That's we need our, we've, we've paid these fine men for their time, so we need to make sure we get uh, the content. maximum value. <laughs> the content. Um, first up on the list of things to talk about today, while six teams did make it to playoffs, four teams did not. So in euphoria fashion... It's time for some eulogies, which means saying goodbye to our teams. Now, gentlemen, we can do this in a couple different ways. We can just talk a little bit about the teams, or if any of you feel strongly to offer a few words for the fallen comrades, you can take a moment, maybe a minute, 60 seconds. Like a moment of silence. Yeah, a moment of silence. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, let's do it. I'm just going to put you all on the spot. I'll go first so you guys have I like an idea it. what happened. I'll, I'll set a timer right now for 45 seconds, let's say. I think 60 is too much. Um and I'll I'll go for forty five seconds, and I'll let each of you go for forty five seconds on a team, and we can just we can leave the last one. So I'll go. Who do I want to? Do you want Excel, Cajal? That's my first okay, question. Okay, dude. Do you want Excel? <laughs> That's my first question. Because like I'll take I'll take whatever. Yeah, sure. I can. All take right, Excel. you got Excel, Ender. Who do you do you have a preference on who you want? Ooh, misfits. You want misfits? I think I'll I think I'll take Astralis then. All right. <clears throat> no one wants Vitality. Yeah, checks out. <gasps> Yikes, bro. You speak ill about the dead? That's uh, <laughs> that's questionable. That's like a faux pas in like Bruh. every culture. <laughs> Bruh. All right, well, but everyone else gets 45 seconds. Vitality got three. Wait, who, finished, who, finished last, who finished last place? Uh, vitality. Dead okay. last. Vitality. Okay. Okay, <laughs> dude. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Oh, we got to tone it in. We got to make it serious. <clears throat> Astralis, you were an absolute mess this season. There were mechanical mistakes rotational mistakes, drafting mistakes. But what you lacked in team cohesion and consistency 
and overall level as a team, you made up for with singular explosive moments and insanely entertaining Zanzara interviews. The end of your season was a beautiful thing to watch. And while I'm sad that it was spite that ultimately motivated you to kick the living shit out of the teams around you, I'm happy that in your final moments you could show us something truly grand. Because while you went down, you went down in a blaze of glory. Goodbye, Astros. Dude, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Did not know it was going to be rest that serious. Rest but, uh, that well. was super serious. I mean, I just flamed them. Like, I delivered it very seriously, but I just like... <laughs> <laughs> it sounded but, good. That's uh, all that Yeah, but like, real, we'll, talk, we'll talk real talk in a minute about each of the teams, but who wants to... We've already did Vitalities. It was three seconds long. <laughs> all right. I, I, can, I can try this one. Okay. <clears throat> Misfits. We all hoped Misfits would win XD. I'm a Misfits fan, and they're just so fun. People get trolled so often by VTO's bubbles. And, uh, well, Deficio's voice lines on broadcast are so cute. Like when he sings about how good his team is. Oh, <laughs> well. Misfits are super random, but also smarter than they look. Just like me. XD. <laughs> That's a beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, you don't got a tissue? Uh, has someone please <laughs> transcribe that and copy paste that forever <laughs> because that is the the best version of that that i've ever heard that was it was like a brilliant Touching. a brilliant really? adaptation of the thank word. you thank you um Cadrell, last okay. but not least um, excel excel please uh, okay i'll try my best i've never done one of these before that's fine that's fine really yeah you've lived a much for excel <laughs> oh wow wow <laughs> sorry shouldn't be making God, jokes at funerals. Funeral. 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 not bad not good not good <clears throat> Silence. Uh, Excel. Uh, I guess you could say they didn't <laughs> excel. Um, yeah, I thought I was the problem going into the the two wins they had in the final week against the best teams. Turns out, still bottom three. But the faith is still there. The faithful shall remain faithful. We go again next split. I'm sorry. It sucks. I know it sucks. It sucks. It sucked for me too. You can do it. I went through two years of this. One split won't be too painful. You got this. Dan, you can just join the broadcast team next year and make playoffs every time. So easy peasy. Wow. Andrew. Sorry, I'm just kind of on a roll. Honestly, on, you are on a roll. I respect <laughs> that. Sleep deprived Ender is my favorite Ender. Um, Cadrell, that was like genuinely felt heartfelt. I'll be honest. Like he did a Zoe copy pasta. I just. I, I just roasted Astralis. Love you guys. Um, that felt really genuinely heartfelt, so thank you. Because um, I think XL was the one team who stood a chance going into that last day. Yeah. They, they were the ones mm. like going into the battle on the final day. They'd won two battles the day previous day. The wall was looking in their favor. The troops were out front. <laughs> they just got slaughtered, man. The lights went out. The troops couldn't see. Yeah. All hell was raining down. There was ultimates coming from the sky. Fire yeah. arrows Patrick's everywhere. Sitting there. <laughs> Patrick's spinning sitting there as with fast as he can on his little Ophelios. The power better. The power better. Yeah. The power better. Then, All I'm saying is saving, saving Private Patrick would not have been a good movie. No. They lost. It was a very short movie. And then uh, the Rohan never came. So yeah. <laughs> Shaka took no prisoners. Let's be clear here on the way that game unfolded yeah oh man okay so like seriously though i think when we look back at all all four of these teams obviously it was it was kind of up and down i think astralis and vitality were pretty much down the entire season right and while there were some redeeming games these are two teams that are astralis people expected to be at the bottom of standings i think they did really show a last good week but obviously it's just it feels to me always really crap when you see a team like really show up in the final week when it's for nothing mm -hmm. um 
and Vitality, while they technically started the week with dreams of a miracle run, that that died very quickly in their first game. Um, when we look at these teams, the immortal question anytime a team makes it out of playoffs is like, how much needs to change? Now, traditionally, spring into summer, there's not usually a lot of roster changes, but sometimes there are swaps or adjustments. Which of these rosters do you think you have the most faith in to like continue moving forward as a five-man? Mm. Or as it was this season, let's say. Uh... Misfits. I think I would go with Misfits personally. Yeah. Misfits, I would say. I think it always comes down to how well the Academy teams are performing as well. Um, but I do think the Misfits' roster was pretty good. I just think they had a lot of unlucky games and Biteo didn't really find his footing. Eventually he did. And some of the... Uh, like, Hirit was performing really well throughout the whole split. Razork and Viteo already found their footing towards the end of the split. And Kobe and Vander, the start of the split, were running it a little bit, and then he got better too. So I can see the progress from Misfits, so I wouldn't go for uh, any swaps in that roster. Mm. The others, I could see arguments as to why, uh, but Misfits, I wouldn't really. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think that when you when you look at it, Misfits, it felt like they figured out their formula towards the end of the season, and it was getting better and better. Excel is one that's really interesting to me because it's hard for me to say. Because on the one hand, they started the season pretty positively, but then when they started to fall, we kind of all saw it coming. It was the scaling over and over again. And then the last week that you show up, you beat Rogue, you beat G2. Like, that's a good sign. You immediately then lose to Schalke. So Excel are hard for me to get a read on. Is it is it like we double down? We believe we can show what we showed against G2 and Rogue every game next split. Like, let's keep this five-man. Let's keep pushing forward. Or is this a situation where it's like, even though this is a fresher roster, sorry, Cajal, but the baggage of never making playoffs would, like, at least for me, if I was managing a team, make me more inclined to make more aggressive changes, I guess is how I would describe. What's your take, Andrew? I mean, I I think that when you look at this team's early game in particular, it was just so unbelievably horrible that something needs to change because I, I feel like this team can only find success when like we're in some sort of meta that is like slow and whatnot. And even then, I'm not convinced that like on paper their players would like beat out other teams if like they were forced to also play scaling or something like that. So I think that mm. there's just so few options when you come into every mid game at a deficit and a severe deficit usually that I, I don't know if you don't improve on that over the course of a season. Yes, their last week was better, um, but like that's not enough for me to like have faith in them going into the summer season. If you can't improve on that. Uh, over the course of the season, then I do believe there needs to be some form of change somewhere. Yeah, and I think that there's no player on that roster who I can look at and say, that guy's going to make a player, he's aggressive. Like, I think every roster has the aggressive players, but XL, they're only really aggressive players in their bot lane, I think. And either, I think there's either two ways that you crack open a game. You're either really aggressive and you find plays, or you flip it. And there's no one on XL that's either going to apply in the plays or flip it, apart from the bot lane who can't really do it. They can look for 2v2 kills. They might get 2v2 killed back, so it's very volatile at times. But yeah, I think they were really a bit AFK in the early game. Yes, their scaling was good, but is that something going into someone that's going to help you when teams get better? Is scaling really going to be something you can something you can fall back on when teams have had half a year to practice? Yeah, and I think it's kind of because we did see one or two games of experimentation from Excel, and this is this was kind of the nail in the coffin. Where I think part of the reason why we ultimately put them in D tier back when we rated them in the middle of the season was the game where they did pick Callista, Syndra, where they play, tried to play very aggressive in the early game and it just immediately collapsed. It just feels like they haven't been able to find that footing even when they have tried to play for more early game. And maybe maybe that's something that can change. You know, Maybe that's something that they can shift, but given that they did try it once or twice and it didn't work, I think in spring, in spring I would rather see you experiment and bomb out because now it's like when we come into summer, I have no tape that gives me a lot of faith in Excel, right? Because the scaling's good. But the longer the year goes on, the longer the other rosters have time to work together, the worse and worse the we outscale them thing is going to go. 
because yep. it is it is predictable and like you said ender what's just like if when mad lions or fanatic or g2 or rogue just pick scaling like are you're not going to match them that's like unreal like maybe you do obviously patrick had some phenomenal games this weekend it look, did look <laughs> great but like on paper that's not something that you bet on yeah, I mean, we literally saw that with Schalke this weekend, right? And Schalke, not the best team in the league. I think that's fair to say. And they just draft hard scaling against uh, uh, against uh, Excel with a very strong identity of like, we're going to jump on Patrick and kill him every time. And well, the two things Excel are good at is late game and Patrick. And if you just do that, very good there's Patrick. no shot that Excel have to win a game. Yeah, sounds about right. Even last year, it was the same. I'm going to pick Set or Sejuani or Javan. And I'm going to protect Patrick with my life. I will sacrifice myself to any gods required to keep him alive. And that was the plan. <laughs> yeah. I think last notes on Vitality and Astralis, the two teams that we've kind of hit on the least. It, it, when you're ninth and 10th, I feel like at this point, if Astralis wanted to make changes or keep the roster, like I don't really... As an org, I don't really want to give them the benefit of the doubt because of their colossal train wreck history. And I think the same is true for Vitality. So all I'll say is whatever changes they make, I hope that they work out for them. But my faith is not there for either team because they've lost. And in Vitality's case, they've doubled down, they've tripled down, they've quadrupled down on this roster. And finally, when they had a season where everyone was together and they got to play what they wanted to do, they still were very, very far down and did swap crown shot in halfway through. So the faith isn't there for me. I'm willing to be convinced next season but until then, I'm not. I, I won't say that I'm holding out hope for either of those lineups. Sure. Mm, yeah, I think I don't know. It, it's you're kind of right. In, I think you're definitely right in a way where it's like I don't know. I look at Vitality's roster, and it's so hard because when it comes to roster swaps in the middle of a split, you look at the later half of the split rather than the first yeah. half of the split, right? So you look at the more recent games rather than like, oh, he did super well in week one, two, three. But week eight, he ran it down completely all three games, and now I don't. I don't think he's a good player anymore for summer. So like for example. Uh, I hate naming names like Milica. He had one bad game against Schalke, right? He got yeah. solo killed in a Rise versus Victor matchup. It happens. That's just a mistake. But I think you can look at that and be like, oh, well, that's a really big mistake. And it's the end of the split. And it's the most recent thing in people's minds. And like, oh, all of a sudden he's just bad. When it's not really the truth, you know, he had a couple good games. He was playing well throughout the whole split. Yes, he was playing more supportive style of Vitality. Yes, Vitality finished last place. But is that something that you want to just think, think of Milica as? And then use this to kind of be the connotation around Milica. He got solo killed in the last week of the split. Maybe we should look to uh, look to swap him out. But I have to agree in the way that it's like, you finished ninth and 10th. So someone has to take the bullet somewhere because if you just run it back, it's only going to get worse if you go into summer split with the same roster. I think that going from summer to next spring, yes, there's an argument to keep a similar roster. But going from spring to summer and finishing last, there's never going to be an upward trend with the same roster, I think. I will say... That both teams got better after they changed oh, players. For sure. I so like the the one benefit of the doubt I can give to both those squads is that they did look better. Uh I still think obviously more change needs to be done uh to like try to contest playoffs because that's ultimately what like all our teams are gonna be trying to do for summer is make playoffs. So some other things may need to change. Um, not necessarily player adjustments. Um, but yeah, both teams did improve and I think it was a better look for them. Yeah, and again, I think I'm glad that like we didn't we're not naming specific names, and I think it would be unfair, too. And if you're wondering, like, well, why aren't you calling out X player or Y player? Like, we don't see scrims. 90% of the games that are played in a week, we don't get to watch. Like, we watch one or two stage games. We see one or two moments. Maybe it's a sloppy death. Maybe it's a sloppy performance from X player. You know, maybe it's crown shot over aggressive on a 1v1. Like, I'm not going to call. Whoa, naming names. Well, <laughs> again, because this is like, these are the moments that people will remember, right? And then, and that's not to call crown shot out. Like, that stuff happens. I respect the confidence to go for the play, even if it doesn't work out. But um, ultimately, teams 
are going to need to make adjustments. I can't say what those are. I don't get to see the behind the scenes, but we can all agree something needs to change. And for both these teams' sakes, I'll hope that whatever it is is enough to make them a little bit more competitive with the middle and top of the table going in. That said, one team that did make it to playoffs in not quite miraculous, but still semi-miraculous fashion, getting four seed, I would say. Top four. Definitely a miracle is Schalke Nolfier now back in week six or week seven. I visited the Schalke house and we took a look inside what that team environment's like, what their practice is like, and got a breakdown from the players and the staff themselves. So let's take a look. From streaks to slumps and even miracle runs, Schalke has experienced it all. So how does a team with such dramatic results stay focused on their collective goal? Well, that's why we're here today, to show you all the things you don't normally get to see, from the relationships, to the environment, and even the practice itself. All right, welcome to this Euphoria feature at the Schalke House, Neon and Broken Blade. Before we like get into questions proper, how are you guys this morning? I know it's early. We're, we're, it's noon now, so I feel like we've officially hit gamer hours, but is this like too early in the morning for you guys to be doing anything uh, as intense as an interview? Uh, for me, uh, actually, uh, me and Neon, actually both, we, we wake up, I think, the earliest on the team. So it's kind of like um, we're always already playing at this time, yeah. which, which makes me feel good just to practice already, you know, before scrims. Yeah, Neon, you were jamming right before before we came here. You were like the first guy in the office grinding solo queue, streaming. Yeah, to be honest, I was like a little tilted because I'm like a morning streamer right now. Yeah. So I've been streaming like mornings, but now I couldn't because you guys came. Well. So I just had to deal with playing <laughs> one game of solo queue. Look, I appreciate your commitment. I'll come into your chat. I'll apologize. I'll be like, guys, I deprived you of <laughs> yeah, a day of Neon. I'll give a couple subs. We can, we can make great. it good. There you go. I'll, I'll, we'll try to boost those viewership numbers. A normal scrim day for Schalke starts with the team meeting. This is where they can discuss their objectives and where to focus their efforts. The meeting leads into an hour of solo queue, which acts as a warm-up before their five scheduled games. In between each scrim, they sit down and review the game as a team. For someone who doesn't know, for someone who's not aware of how, of how these yeah. things work in League of Legends or maybe in esports in general. Can you explain the overall concept of scrims, what scrims are, what they do? So scrims are our primary, um, I guess other than people playing on their own solo queue, scrims are our primary method of practice and improving as a team. Uh, basically we just play games against another team. Uh, usually it's an LEC team scrimming another LEC team. Uh, the games are usually a lot more loose and fight heavy than uh, a stage match. Uh, usually people are a bit more willing to try different picks, try different strategies, and it's basically where everything you see in the official matches on the weekend are kind of formulated and practiced by the teams. Let's say today, for example, yeah. how, how granular are the goals you set? How broad are the goals you set for your team overall? Um, it depends. Uh, sometimes it's like we need to fix our Rift Herald play, so we're going to watch Rift Herald bods for all week and we're going to talk about every single Rift Herald and every single scrim until we fix it. Like that's something we did a couple of weeks ago because we kept failing our Rift Herald setups. Um, and then it actually got better, which I think is good and shows we're, we're improving. But sometimes it's something really specific like stop dying level one in the specific lane matchup in scrims because it keeps happening, which obviously often isn't going to happen on stage, but it's a very specific thing where someone needs to work on that. So it kind of depends, I would say. Yeah. and and how would like so when is a day successful for you then as a coach like when do you when do you decide a successful day is it like we picked rift heralds our rift heralds are getting a little bit better is that enough like how do you know when it's been a successful day of scrims for for the team for Schalke? um i think it's important that the like the normal answer is say you shouldn't be results oriented and yeah. even if you're losing if you're improving it's good but it would be nice to not like 
lose most of the games because I feel like if you're just losing over and over and over again, it puts you in a rough spot because it's hard to figure out what the draft, it's hard to figure out what the actual issues are. So I say a successful day is where at least we're winning some of the games, first of all. Um, it shows we're being competitive, gives people confidence. And then second of all, yeah, that we have some good discussion and improve on some of the things that we're actually working on. So if it's a Rift Herald thing, for example, like we made some good rotations for Rift and got it a few times and I can mark it on the board. And so like so not quite the old Daylor adage of loses improve, but like, but a little bit of winning and some positive steps in the direction of your bigger goals. And you yes, feel like that's yeah, a solid Yeah, day. exactly. When it comes to like what you guys want to work on personally, how do you actually decide and figure out what you want to set uh, your goals for as individuals? Let's we'll start with you, BB. Um, usually it comes to when my, my teammates criticize me in scrims saying I do something not very good. I try to be open-minded. Obviously, sometimes I have strong opinions about some things, but uh, most of the time I try to really listen to them and try to uh, think about why they're th saying things. Um, but most of the time it's about champions that I have to learn. For example, there's new champions in the meta right now. People are playing a lot more Cyan. When they started playing NAR a lot, I had to, I had to pick it up in solo queue. And just things like that, um, I really have to work on because it's just, it's just really important to be like ha having those meta champs in your pocket, you know? Yeah. How about, how about for you, Neon? Is it the same thing where like people like, well, is it mostly criticism from your teammates that's coming in to like help define your personal goals? Uh, not really. Like for me, the personal goals, it's like me in a scrim environment, it's like mostly it's like a clown fiesta. So I just want to be really good at identifying which fights to not follow my teammates into. And like back and I'm like, okay, guys, I'm letting you die now. So this is like one thing that I want to get better at. Yeah. And it's like my goal. And the other one would be, um, being able to tell or like make sure that teammates know what I need. Because mm -hmm. for example, when I'm fed, like sometimes I'm just like assuming that my teammates will play around me how I want them to play around me. Yeah. But that's not entirely true. Like maybe some, like maybe not, we are not all, all on the same wavelength. So I kind of need to like be able to tell them what I want from them. So that's like also one of my goals. But yeah, basically this like just not getting sucked into a clown fiesta and just playing my own game for now. Dang, it sounds like it can be difficult on some days oh, based yeah. on everything that you guys have said. Um, what progress do you actually see like day to day, week to week, whether it's personal goals or big goals? And, and how much of that like comes from comes from scrims? Like what does progress look like to you? Is it like in week one, we were bad at this. By week three, we're really good at this. How much progress and change do you actually see day to day? Well, myself, <laughs> I see quite some progress like LEC is like a level on its own and like for example last year when I was here I, I, I didn't think I was so good like individually I didn't really feel like I'm on that level yet but this year I totally feel like I can compete with anyone and it's just like the more you play against the best like you will eventually like become one of the best so for me I think the more I play the more I improve and also as a team but so does everyone else so you need to make sure that the rate at which you improve on is like higher than the others, yeah. which maybe we have not done such a good job at so uh, far. So <laughs> as a team, let's yeah. say. The time is now 12.30 and Schalke are getting ready to start their team meeting. This is where we get a glimpse firsthand at how Dylan and the players manage feedback in which areas they want to focus on that day. A reoccurring issue that we have, and that is that we don't reset together. It takes the 
the raid camp and he doesn't recall instantly and for some reason Yugili is <laughs> sitting here but I think and I think that you are also not not doing a mistake me I think you should you should you should sync your base with your jungler's tempo and if he wants to do the topside camps you need to stay one more way for pressure go back not really no you do no I don't you do no I don't you really do no I don't why not because he's gonna watch the camps he's gonna base and we're gonna play it on the next wave that spots I think it's just more important that like we're here for retake on bot. Much as these two camps. I mean, then we can't sync our bases. I agree. Yeah, but okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be we base at the same time and it's completely synced. It just okay. means you don't want to base 30 seconds apart of each yes, other. Yes, I, I agree. That's the general idea, okay? Yeah. Actually, it's the, the guy who's on strong side is good if he... Yeah. If you like dictate the tempo of the map. Yeah. Because you're the strong side. Yeah. Because if when you're basing on top, you're like talking about bot tower already. I think everybody's gonna play accordingly to the play and it turns into a five-man play. So we can try this. Tomorrow, I'm assuming we're gonna be red side, but I guess it could be either as they have side selection. Well, we had a problem in this game where we wanted to path top, right? And then we wanted, like, you guys need your jungler bot early levels, so we can have a focus on that today. Yeah, I caught up. Uh, also, I have TP advantage now. Their bot lane could both be there. I'm running to you guys. I'm basing already, I'm basing already. Are you guys always so upfront and honest with each other? Like, hey, I really think you're weak in this area. I think you're bad in this area. How easy is it to have those conversations? I mean, personally, for me, it's it's gotten a lot easier from the time I was in NA. A lot of people were actually holding back a lot of problems in the beginning. And I, and I was like, really, like I was fuming because if, if I'm bad and you think I'm bad, please tell me so I can at least work on it, you know? Um, I think that communication is, is key in, in almost everything in life. And if I don't know that I'm doing something bad that I'm not aware of, um, I can give you an example. In, in 2019 spring, I think, um, my coach thought that I was bad at side laning and I wanted to play side laning champs, but he just didn't pick it for me. And I didn't know why I, I was like not allowed to pick it. But then, like, I couldn't even work on it, you know? And I, that's why I kind of learned how to, like, communicate with my teammates. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to offend anyone on my team by saying that I think they're doing something bad. It's just, like, I want to get better, you know? And I want you to get better as my teammate. So, obviously, I'm going to tell you things that I think you could do better. Yeah, Nian, do you think that the viewpoint is kind of shared by the entire Schalke team? Uh, I think so, too. Like, whenever I had something to say, like, there might have been, like, a couple of days where I, like, kept it inside of me. But when it like really came to it, it just like exploded. But then everyone was fine with it. Yeah. So as like being honest goes, I think we're doing a pretty good job. What does it, what does it actually take to like maintain that honest environment? Because you talk about some of the days, it's, is, is, it, is it hard to like, is it harder to open up and tell people that you think they're performing poorly? Or is it harder to like hold back a little bit and make sure that it's actually good feedback and not just like flame? Well, I think it really depends on the kinds of relationships that you have with your teammates. And I must say that like in this team, in this roster, in this lineup, I have a really good relationship with everyone. And I think everyone does have like a very good relationship with everyone. Mm. As in like, we're just friends, you know? Yeah. And like, we're all young guys who are just like fine being friends with each other. So if this is the case, then it's very easy. But say you have someone who you're not so close to and who maybe isn't like that great of a friend of yours and you just consider him like a colleague, then yeah, it is a bit harder to like bring criticism up to them. Scrims are now well underway. Schalke have just finished their second game. The result? A win. 
However, in scrims, a positive result doesn't necessarily mean the players are happy with their performance. I think this was good, no? Harold played this game. It was actually like coordinated and good. Can we focus two things, no? Resets and retakes. It lets all these random times we get picked off on the map stop happening. Because all we need to do after we get tempo is just base, retake the other side, and then the game just is completely stabilized. Why is no one giving about top lane here, other than me? By the way, I, I literally said we need to be there on this wave. Yes, like why Why is, is and off in the jungle? I'm not off, I'm farming. Yeah, but you shouldn't be, because we, we are on a timer. You can farm after we take the tower. But if he gets the tower, we're actually so f***ed on the map. Like, if you want to TB top and go mid, that's fine. But I think here, should run straight top and you should just run mid as Yes. I, mean, I think that's the best play. So talk to me a little bit about how your the team mentality changes from the start of the day to the end of the day, what that looks like. Does, does practice, is it hard to maintain a good practice quality as the day goes on? So teams actually used to, in Europe, scrim six games. Um, it was, I think, modeled after the Korean practice schedule where they did three blocks and then three blocks with a break. Sometimes the break would actually be pretty long in between. Uh, the days would get quite long and often you would find by the sixth game teams would cancel pretty often or the sixth game would just be not good quality, like a complete fiesta. So um, we've kind of gone down to a five game schedule in Europe. Uh, I think some other regions have implemented this as well where you can play the game straight, get it while you're a bit more fresh Obviously, it's a bit more fatiguing, but it also prepares you for a best of five scenario, which I guess most teams should be thinking about, right? Because that's what playoffs are. Um, by the end of the day, I would say things usually get a bit lower quality game-wise, but I think it depends. Um, there's some days where people can keep their focus to five games and the quality is pretty good. Um, but if one team is just like losing or winning every game, often by the last game, it can get, get a bit uh, loose, I would say. So how much of this like attitude and this mentality changes when you're winning versus like losing on stage? Like how much harder is it to come into a week of scrims with with a good mentality with like maybe this gross focus mindset that you guys are talking about when maybe the stage games are going better or going worse? Like what actually changes week to week? Well, so I would say first off, when we had this four game winning streak, it might have like gotten into our heads a bit. Yeah. Or like it might have made people takes scrims less seriously or try hard less, which I think can happen to many teams, you know, and which I think could have been the case for us, where you're like, okay, we're really good now. We, we don't really need to put in all this effort again. And like, to me, it was not the same because in the back of my head, I knew that those four, four games we won this year at the start were like, we we're kind of lucky with the drafts and with how the enemy teams have been playing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't like put my guard down, but maybe we have put our guard down as a team and we came on a lose streak. I know this is a difficult time period and I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping you guys would be like popping off right before I came to do these interviews. I thought it might make everything a little bit smoother, but since you guys are in the midst of a bit of a difficult loss streak, what, what keeps you motivated like week to week? What is, it, what is it that keeps you hungry? What is it that keeps you believing in this practice system that you guys have invested so much into? For me, it's the trust I have in my teammates and myself because I think that I just I just I just played League of Legends for so long and I know how good all my teammates are and I know how how good they can be as well and I just see the potential in them and that's what kind of keeps me going you know also for myself I just know that we can be a, a very good team 
that is what kind of keeps me going. Yeah, would you say it's the same for you? Well, for me, it's a bit harder, I think, because like I used to be really thrilled to like play on stage. And it doesn't really feel like you're playing in LAC up until you go on the stage, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a bit harder to stay motivated. But what keeps me going is the fact that I realized that I'm playing esports and that I can compete on such a high level. And it's kind of exciting when you think about it, right? Like all these years that Earth has existed for. <laughs> and only like this past decade, esports has been a thing. Like I am kind of lucky, am I not? Like and all the other players, right? So it's just yeah. kind of a beautiful thing that I can compete here and play video games for a living. Wow. And I, I guess that kind of keeps me going. That's, that is the most wholesome thing anyone is like. <laughs> yours was so team spirited, BB, but that was just wholesome. Like that was so like appreciative. Like my life is very good. I get these great opportunities. Um, it had to come out at one point. After two wins and two losses, Schalke's scrim day is concluded. Despite these losses, the spirits in the final meeting of the day remain high. Yeah, okay. If the Eddie Carey is mid and you guys want to fully swap and I'm top, end up top so you push one wave mid this wave and then you go top i base after this wave and you push this wave and you go mid from here if so. you need to base you base and i base single bot it actually makes some sense yeah Gregson would have called us actually yeah my bad <laughs> we are red side tomorrow uh bands are locked i think bands will be i don't know you're not afraid of they're, they're not even prioring it. And honestly, so many of our champs are good against this week. Okay, good luck, Bobby. You know? You guys got this. And thank you guys for being okay with all the camera people here today. I hope they make some banger content. It's much appreciated. And that's a wrap for the day. What What is so special about Schalke? What's so special about this team? Like. What, why Why are you like so committed to making this team work? Is it a belief in the players? Is it a belief in the org? Like what, what is it about Schalke that makes um, it special? I'd say more than anything is I really believe in the talent of our players. I really believe that some of our players are so unbelievably talented that if we can make it work, um, we can really compete with the best teams. And I think we've shown that because we've won so many times against the best teams. So I think that's kind of what I think is special about our team is like kind of like the potential and the talent that we have. Um, and then also I think, um, I think our team environment is really good and I really enjoy working here because of that. So I think those two things. Schalke are willing to set aside ego and personal frustration in pursuit of their goals. Being good at League of Legends is no longer just a matter of mechanics or understanding of high level play. It's about how you work in a team. Whether it's ambition, leadership, or just a seemingly endless font of confidence. What you see on stage can never capture the full story. Behind the results, good or bad, are a team of professionals giving everything they have to improve day by day. A uh, huge thank you to Schalke for allowing us into their team house. Um, you know, that was something that we wanted to do for a while, so starting to take a behind the scenes look. And it's hard to get a team to agree <laughs> to open up their team environment and let in what is essentially press, because I'm not gonna lie. They were very, very upfront. They were very honest with us, and and you know that's a, that kind of honesty. I think is always risky because if we had, yeah. you know accidentally not blurred one screen or release. To be fair, this is from like week six, so there's plenty of time, right? But if we had accidentally leaked some pics or you know there was anything else like that, you have to really offer yourself up to be vulnerable like that. So thank you, Shalka, for opening the opening of your home, the honesty from the players, and. Yeah, overall, it was cool to see some insight into European scrim culture. Dragos, the people have to know. Did you know Nocturne Karthus was coming on Sunday? I won't lie to you.
I knew. You knew? Whoa. I, they said specifically that this draft is to destroy Young Buck. <laughs> Dylan hates Young Buck. That's the stuff we cut out. I'm kidding. I didn't see any of those picks, actually. I saw, none, I saw no spicy picks. I don't know if they deliberately avoided the spicy picks. Also, there's no beef between Young Buck and Dylan. I'm just making that up. Um, I was liking the drama, though. I was buying in. Was, I was ready to make a Reddit it, post I, I could, right I now. No more drama, please. <laughs> no yeah, more yeah, drama. You're, you're done. <laughs> you got to start ignoring your donos. <laughs> no more drama, baited. please. It's already um, clipped. There you go. Thank you for taking that no, out. No, but of it's context. just interesting because I think that m- many people don't understand the behind the scenes things with scrims. Like, you either have really good days, you can have really bad days. Players are very, very critical of each other. Like, you did this wrong. You, you F this up. Like, come on, don't do this again. And then you have to take it like with a grain of salt, take it seriously. And yeah, you can also use scrims for picking crazy things like t- trying out random stuff. And that's probably what Chalka did all last week for the, uh, for the game against XL. Maybe you didn't get to see some spicy picks, but spicy picks happen quite often. You would be surprised how Cajal. many spicy picks happen. What was the spiciest pick you've ever played in a scrim? Me? Yeah, you personally. Uh, Jay's jungle. It was so broken. I was convinced. We were. I remember we were streaming Fnatic preseason 2019, and Jace was re op, and uh, they picked Malphite into it or something, and then we flexed it jungle, and it was with Red Smite. Oh my God, Warrior Jace with Red Smite. <sighs> I was one shotting people. I like it. How yeah. is the clear? That sounds awful. Yeah, I had to have a really big leash. I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that yeah. clear sounds like utter garbage. Yeah. But if you ask me what the craziest pick I played against, dude, just imagine the craziest pick you can think of. It's probably been played in scrims, yeah. Teemo jungle. Okay, maybe not so much. <laughs> not so much Teemo jungle. It has to be based like, uh, somewhat reality. Yeah, like the, the zillions, the zillion scions in bot lane, the, 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 the I don't know, anything mid Soraka tops and lulu jungles all this stuff has been played but yeah nothing really came out of the out of the testing mm. zone it's all in the science laboratory you know everyone's with the little vials mixing and matching trying to find something that they go oh, eureka i found it <laughs> but no one's found it yet well shalko found a car this nocturne yeah. looks like a solid combo i wish we were there for that moment because then i wouldn't have to make up fake drama i could actually like could have been there for the the secret strategy meetings probably wouldn't have been able to show it in the end though because they still all have made it now to playoffs but Bringing things back again before we look ahead to playoffs um, in the few, last few minutes of this show. Next week's episode, again, will be where we go into every single playoffs matchup in great detail. Um, we need to talk about the end-of-season awards, which are Rookie to Split, the All-Pro Team, and the MVP. And I want to start with, with Rookie. Let's let's talk about it. We had a lot of rookie names this season. There are a lot of uh, interesting options up on the table. Who do, you guys, who do you guys have as your Rookie of the Split? Who are you guys hyped on? Right now, it's, uh, it's El Yoya. I think he's definitely stepped up he's more than filled shadow shoes i would say especially looking at spring split specifically because if you look at last year shadow and i think madline spring did finish third in playoffs mm-hmm. can't remember where they finished in the actual regular season but third place in spring split with new two new additions in the top jungle uh, i think he's been playing fantastically in the early game especially and i'm a big early game connoisseur so love it i completely agree elio is great but he's my number two because you forgot about the one player that is by far our strongest rookie. And if you guys aren't aware, that is Treats, who is legitimately a rookie and I think solo carried SK to a playoff spot. But is he really a rookie? I, I, Technically, okay, yes. All right, okay, all right. We're going to have a discussion about this right now because this is this is important to me. Because on the one hand, I agree that Treats absolutely carried on SK. Do I agree that he is a rookie? No. Now, technically he is. He has been added to the list because according to our rules or the LEC rules, it does make sense. However, for me, 
I cannot in good faith vote for this man as a rookie when he played 14 games on the TSM main line. Uh, you play eight games in the regular season. That's less than half. And that's all that matters. Postseason doesn't matter. He's been to Worlds. But here's the thing. Playoffs. Whippo didn't. The only thing that mattered for Whippo, and Whippo's the other example here, Whippo was in the same situation. He wasn't eligible for rookie of the split because he went to Worlds. Yeah, but that's because the rules were just randomly changed because of Whippo's situation. And I don't really actually, I don't even really remember that situation or what exactly happened so, in that. Well, in this case, it's like if you've played games on the world stage, it takes away your eligibility for being rookie. It wasn't a random change. It's just right. like as, as this ward has gone on, it's, and this is no no shame to the people who decide these these categories because ultimately it, it is hard to account for every possible variable that's going to happen. But the difference between the two situations is that Treats just didn't make it to Worlds. If Treats had played games on the world stage, he would have been ineligible for rookie of the split, which to me it's like, do I think Treats is a young player? Do I think he's very successful? Yes. And spoiler, I have him in my MVP discussion. I think he did carry SK. I think he just absolutely deserves praise. But he has so much more Premier League experience than any of these other guys that it feels while treats i understand can feel like uh, unlucky you know what i mean like you played 14 games and now this this cash doesn't want to give you an award like yeah that's how i feel other people are entitled to feel he is technically eligible even if i disagree with the criteria um i think it sucks even more for a guy like oh yeah who is my number one split because like he has been a rookie he has come up he is he's crushed it he did not have any of that extra additional prior experience in another region he is the definition of a rookie in this context in the eyes of eu right and so I'm not faulting Treats. Treats wants to be on that list. Treats deserves to be on that list in his eyes. That's fine. But for me, I can't in good conscience vote for him mm-hmm. because like it's taking it away from other players who have not had the same opportunities. And I know in traditional sports, that isn't how it works. But to me, like my conscious, I'm not telling anyone else to vote this way. You are allowed to have your own opinions. I, I can't do that. I, I don't think that that's fair to the other rookies. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I was going to bring up the traditional sports example because like there, that's the precedent for being uh, eligible for rookie to split. In most sports, if you play less than 50% of the games, you're good to be a rookie in the next split um, or the next season, I guess they would call it. I yeah. mean, call it seasons now too. I don't yeah, know what's going I, on there. But yeah, ultimately, I, I'm voting within the criteria, so I would go treats um, myself personally, but El Yoya would be number two. And then I think there's a, there's a gap. There's a big old gap. Like who else? Who else is on that list? Who else do you think is notable? I'm pretty sure I actually can't remember. Trimby? Trimby, Trimby, Trimby. I put third. Trimby, I think I, in my vote. I think Trimby's yeah, yeah. my third. I think Trimby's I, good. Yeah, I think, I think the gap's not too big. I think it's Trimby, and then there's this the decent after, yeah, big after gap. Trimby, yeah, 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 yeah. Then, yeah, then right, it's right. like the thing is, yeah. consistency just wasn't there. And I yeah. think the thing for Trimby is that like if you look back at the start of his split, he was kind of running it a lot. He got progressively better. He was really good, but he's also in the same position that I think. Um, a lot of like I think rookie supports and rookie 80 carries for the most part when they come in on like number one number two number three teams it's going to be hard to really appreciate everything they do unless they are super super flashy because you're on such a good team that your burden of responsibility especially in a duo lane unless both players are rookies does feel significantly less which is why I think El Yoya rises up above him despite the fact that they both had good seasons despite the fact that Rogue finished above Matt is because El Yoya he's in the jungle which means he gets to play in isolation. You get to see his contributions in isolation outside of the fringe case where he's being perma micromanaged by another player on the team. Yeah. I'm glad you made the clarification of like the flashiness because you look at like last year, for example, Karzi and Kaiser were like huge rookies that everyone was pretty much looking at. They're like super pop off in the bot lane. Like Jezu Treats would be the other example of like rookie bot laners that are like definitely like showing up and looking very, very strong. Trimby, role player on the team. It's hard to look like to stand out among all the rogue players. So I do not envy the position he's in, although 
he also does get second place. So that's pretty sweet too. And he's doing his job for his squad. Yeah, I think when it comes to, and I can't say this, but I hope that when <laughs> when teams look at player applications, that like rookie of the split isn't the number one accolade on their <laughs> no mind. Like, no. He was rookie of the split, like, or he played with Rogue for three years or two years or however yeah. long term he's going to play, you know. And got- you know what I will say about rookie of the split though? a better award than coach of the split we're not talking about coach of the split today um <laughs> so coach of the split if you guys don't know has been changed to coaching staff of the split it's, it's a bit of a yeah. tenuous award because the issue is unless you have the only team at this point this year there are two teams that i could confidently say that i understand what their coaching staff does in entirety and i can't is one of them shock is one of them because i went to their freaking house and i was there for a day of scrims so i understand how their infrastructure works the other one is g2 because I've, I've been to their scrims the preseason i understand how that team works and that team has been around long enough that i've I've just watched their scrims over the years. Now, any other team, I can't say with any confidence how their coaching structure works. So the difficulty of this award, I think, and the reason that we won't go into it in super depth and you guys can add anything that you want to add is that we just don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's, it's not that I want to take away from coaching staffs. I think coaching staffs are really important. But I, I could just as easily give an award to someone who has done literally nothing all year as I could give it to someone who has worked and grinded, you know, like the ultimately the work of the coaching staff we only see represented through the results of the team on stage and i think that that is while coaching staff do deserve recognition i think that fault like recognition that is so has such a high potential to be wrong or incorrect or invalid or inauthentic is is not not good for me preach yeah i completely agree it's so hard to determine a good coaching staff without actually seeing how they function how they work because i think different coaching staffs have different levels of impact on the team whether like the head coach is more of a in a sense tells the team how to play the game which i think is very rare i think the most common one is the coach is more of like a middleman between the players and he's just opening discussions asking questions what do you think we should pick here what's best there what would you pick in this situation and then the pro player gives their opinion and then you have like uh, the coaches who don't really do anything, which is actually also rare nowadays as well. Especially, I think older older seasons it was actually common. Now it's a lot a lot more rare that you get these coaches that don't really do anything. So it's really hard to pinpoint who to give the coach and split to. The only real information that we have is draft, I guess. And even that is like even so that, influenced by players. Yeah, even yeah. that's come on. that's really influenced by pro players. And then you attributed like, well, this team's winning a lot. Yeah, that's also influenced a lot by the players and maybe they're just meshing well together. Maybe the coach, the way the players play the game in the early stages can be dictated by the coach in a sense, but you can't really pinpoint whether the coach is actually teaching them how to play the game to the point where that's making them win or if it's just they're individually meshing well together and they're just really good players. So uh, yeah, it's so hard to pinpoint coaching staff for the split. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that award. Yeah, and I'll just say that I think that right now, like the general distance is what I do and I think what some other people do is you just put one, two, three in the order for teams. You know, I hope that there's a way in the future that we can give more recognition to coaching staff that isn't this award. I think the award obviously looks nice. It looks shiny. But again, I think that there, we should try to find other ways as a league, you know, and I can't, I can't speak for the people who make these awards, right? I am just, I'm just, I'm, I'm calling myself a league representative at this point just because I've cast the league, right? But uh, I think that there is, there is probably a good way out there to really represent what these coaching staffs do because it is very significant. And I do think that they are as behind the scenes pieces, unsung heroes of what a lot of teams will do. But until I've got I can it. watch all 10 team scrims every single week forever and hear their post-team meetings, I will not have enough information to make an educated decision. We make a mini LEC with the coaching staff's playing league. That's the way. Cajun's <laughs> <laughs> like, a league I can win. <laughs> uh, make playoffs at least. <laughs> but i'm so sorry in a year it'll get old that's what you just have to you just have to you have to bear with it for a year 
You can get uh, you get one more time when Excel finally do make playoffs. We're gonna roast you a little bit more, and then it's done. I promise. Yeah, I just needed to make playoffs once, and then the joke dies. Excel finally make it. Excel, was the problem. Yada yada yada. Next year. Yeah. Rip. <laughs> and then I can just get in my rocking chair and just sit there and just rock yeah. back and forth and not give a single beep. Yeah. So to uh, close out this discussion, shout out to all the coaching staffs out there. You know, I really hope that you guys are getting the recognition you deserve behind the scenes for your orgs. Shout out to the orgs who put their coaching staff forward and give them that praise. Um, and uh, otherwise, let's just move on. Let's talk a little bit about all pro team. Now, we have to talk more than just number one team because the number one team, the immortal, G2. it's G2 plus a player sometimes. G2. Is the Okay, all right. What's your number number one all, two, all pro team? Kate, just present your all pro team and then we can go from there. It's G2. It's G2. There you go. It's G2 and Odo You think it's G2 and Odo Look, I can't give up on him now. I can't. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all on the hype train, but I'm surprised we get an opinion on this. I think, I think, <laughs> look, I think Odo oh, it's so hard to talk about this without talking about it. I think, I think Wonder was still, it's hard for me to take away Wonder as number one best performing. I think Odo was, in the context of his team, very important to Rogue's success, but Wonder played so much random crap and played it so well. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he like played so much random. And it's like, and don't get me wrong, he also had some rougher games. And that's but it's hard to know how much to take away from him yeah. for that. Because also G2 as a whole, it's like such a flip as if you take a game serious or not. When I think of Wonder, I think of three bad games throughout the whole speed. I think the one Kled game against Shalcor, I think he, That was really bad. That was rough. Fair. That, that was, was bad. That was egregious. The, the Camille game against Fnatic where he E's and doesn't hit the wall and then dies. Oh, that's true. We can blame Ping. And then the Jace game where he's ahead in lane. Uh, I think it was against XL and he gets ganked like three times and dies and then it's all of a sudden useless. But I think that's the tribute Wait, to Wait, what where... about the Scion game? Yeah, but that was just a Baus like impression. <laughs> oh, okay. Like if we're talking four really yeah, okay, rough yeah. games yeah, out of yeah, 18, four. Okay, that's four. a lot of games. Okay, four really rough games. But then he had champions like, I mean, he showed his Quinn was insane, his Gragas was insane. He played things like Ivor and Irelia was popping off. I mean, he had a good a good split for sure. for sure. And I think the biggest, biggest, biggest good thing, the best thing about Wonder, I think, as a player, is he's just so flexible. Like one day he can play Karma Top, the next day he can play Orn Gragas, the next day he can play Renekton. So yeah, yeah, he can do anything for you. I think it's totally reasonable that that one is contested. I think the only other one that I've seen contested, and I think is reasonable to contest, is Jungle. Is Yankos versus Inspired? I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on that. You are both much more qualified Jungle experts than I am. Like, do you think that that is a reasonable take to put Inspired above above Yankos? I will say, from my experience in scrims last year, Inspired was the best jungler in in scrims, one hundred percent, no doubt about it. That guy was popping off. Can't win against him. I don't know what it was. Um, Yankos was still hard. Selfmade was still hard, but Selfmade's kind of been really quiet this split. Yankos has had up and downs in a way, but I still think Yankos has been one of the most consistent players on G two. But Inspired is that pop off player. He is that carry jungle like. I can do anything. And then again, again, flexibility comes into question because I think all the best teams in the world are really flexible. And uh, when you look at Inspired, I'm not sure how he would do in a tank meta. Although his Jarvan was pretty good. It went, it's like a Sejuani, Ivron, uh, Zac meta. I'm not sure how Inspired would do. I'd have to wait and see because I haven't really seen him in that meta just yet. Uh, whereas Yankos would easily slot into a Sejuani meta. Maybe yeah. he would love it. So um, talking about this split in particular, I think that I attribute jungle more to jungle mid. And I think Yankos Caps has been a better jungle mid than... Uh, then Larson inspired, and you saw that in the game that they played against each other a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were just way more on the same page. So I think jungle is more attributed to how they work with their lanes rather than the individual. If you're talking about the individual, 
I think Inspire is better. If you're talking about how they work with their lanes, I think Jankos is better. Yeah. And I think and that's a bigger bigger point. Definitely. And I think like just in the pro game, like you have to look more at how how they work together as a team. And, and you look at those types of duos. I, I would say that like Inspire and Jankos is very close uh, at the moment. I think you could say that actually uh, about quite a few different roles on Rogue. I, I think Larson's absolutely stomping um Oduamne, i already mentioned very very good too um and I, I would say that there are days where inspired will outperform yankos um but i would say like more than 50 percent of the time i would give it to yankos so i think it is quite close at the moment but mm. still yankos favored on average yeah and that's interesting to hear and i think that's kind of the struggle of of these awards in general is that league of legends as a whole is such a team game and really they're outside of actual solo kill moments and even then even in some solo kill moments there's so many other variables that come into account you know how did he get in that position in the first place well it's because the jungler did x or y or z you know and it's despite that it's really easy i think for people to get into the idea of just isolating this player is bad this player is good you know yada yada so i think all 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 pro is cool but yeah it's also difficult to have the more nuanced discussion that said the other three roles i think it's really hard to take anything away from g2 reckless mr consistent mickey yeah. even though he did grief it a little bit also hard carried games and in the mid lane larson i think when you look there are moments where i'm like larson is the best but again this is the thing that i'll keep coming back to like taking all pro number one mid away from caps is such a big deal and i think is nigh impossible because if you ever 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 get an opportunity to listen to g2 team comms obviously mostly we clip out the fun stuff and the funny stuff caps relays every single summoner spell on the map he tracks bone plating this man bone plating that's a 45 bone plating <laughs> there is i'm good at league of legends i type flash timers there's i'm really good at league of legends i track ultimates and then there's i am caps and i track goddamn bone plating in lane this man is outside of his individual skill a huge asset in a way that so many people do not get to hear or see but when you catch it, look for it in the little bits because yeah, in between the humorous clips, you can see all of the information that Caps is relaying in the mic checks, in the, in the G2 clip outs of their voice comms. Um, the man is is a unit. Min-maxing. Yeah, for sure. And so, if he gets absolutely blasted individually, I'll take that out of the picture, right? But if it's ever close, that to me is always the tiebreaker. This man does so much work. Yeah, and I think the only argument I would make, actually funny enough, in terms of AD carry all pro, I would 100% give it to Reckless. I think a close contender actually is upset. I think yeah. his team is 9-9, nine and 50% nine, win rate, but he has one of the best KDAs, the highest CS differential, the most 2v2 kills, and every single game that they lose, it feels like it's not really upset's fault. Just Fnatic overextending, upset sitting there, like getting dough five man, or he's just only got one or two deaths, still pumping out the highest damage on his team. And then when they're winning the games, he's the one with zero deaths, one death, and he's pumping out the highest damage on his team, mid lane supportive. Uh, I think Upset's been the best player on Fnatic for me this split for sure. I think he's the closest contender to uh, the all pro to carry. I, I think it's actually crazy that Fnatic lost Reckless and their bot lane looks still so insanely good, right? Like with all the 2v2 kills and whatnot happening because like that bot lane is legitimately terrifying to face off against. And like the difference of, of 2v2 kills between them and the next closest bot lane is like five, six, seven. It's, it's like a huge number. Like it's not even remotely close. And uh, it is like sort of the Hilla saying play style, but Upset has just definitely jumped right. And he's like, he's all aboard. Like yeah. he's ready to flip. 100%. Weapon. And you even think about yesterday's game against Rogue. Uh, not yesterday, uh, Sunday's game against Yogue. Uh, Rogue, so that was two days ago. Yogue. Yogue. <laughs> Yogue. It, it was Upset and Hillisang winning the lane. They were actually winning that lane really, really hard. But then Selfmade comes and misplays the dive and then they misplay it again. And then all of a sudden bot lane lost. And then you see Upset getting five man dove. So... 
I attribute a lot of success to Fnatic from their bot lane, especially. Yes, Pippo's had his pop-off moments. Yes, Niski has been a really good supportive backbone. And yes, Selfmade's one of the best junglers. But yeah, I think a close contender for, to, for the best AD carry is upset. But obviously, Reckless is definitely missed consistent and has shown up with an amazing performance to split. Yeah. Uh, support, I think, would have been... Usually is the Mickey Hillisang race. Now, Kaiser was kind of the third horse in that race last season. I don't think it's as apparent this time around. Trimby, obviously, in his rookie split, has had his moments, but hard to put him up there. Treats. And... Treats? All Get pro. him in there. You think, you think uh, two or three? Not number one. Two, he would be battling for two or three. Ultimately, it's a fan vote, so I believe yeah, also Mickey it's a fan and Hillisang will season. Yeah, yeah, so, so I'm actually curious if anyone besides a G2 member makes first. Who else is really popular? It's like the... it's it's Odo Wonder, it's Inspired Yankos, it's Larson Caps, it's Rogue G two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I don't think there. I mean, I there's treats. I don't want to. Yeah. Bottom treats, line, yeah, if yeah. you don't, there's articles explaining this. Is update the votes. This is where the update for coaching staff versus just coach of the split comes in. This is there the update where some of these are public votes? I think it's cool that it's a public vote. I think always you take it with a grain of salt though because it will be a 50-50 mix of people who are like really believed that this player is the best in the league and people who are just like i really like this guy i think this guy is good and maybe they can't quantify it but they're really big fans of x or y for some reason so we'll have to see if, yeah. it, if it's the popularity contest how close it is to maybe um, a more traditional vote i mean you won the NA, best na import so popular clearly a popularity oh contest. was i in that because i went to na and then i came back so i was technically you weren't, an import you export weren't, i oh, no, you were you, yeah, I you're like lost. treats i was like exported then imported yeah, yeah but they put niski on there yeah they had treats by Broken the way blade, niski. if you were on the lec discord and you voted for me for import i know that's a totally made up bs award <laughs> i love it i, no, I was wait, like we so both won an up. award yeah, we did. We what came out. Hell, boom. Oh. Did the, you win the award, Ender? Look, I won a lot last year when I wrote the segment. <laughs> then they stole my segment, made it a real vote, and now I'm losing. <laughs> what is this nonsense? <laughs> Classic Americans yeah. oh. trying to rig the vote. Uh. Stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're just going to move away from that. Um, <laughs> all right really happy thank you lc discord um, if you guys haven't joined the lc discord it's a pretty cool place check it out um or yeah but let's move ahead to the young the final category which is the mvp vote now before we talk in these last few minutes about who you think should be mvp i think it's important to define as long as mvp has been award there have been two definitions of mvp which is mvp is like the strongest overall player you know the best number one this one's usually pretty easy to see and then there's the most significant team contribution. And this one is always a little bit muddier because it means that for top teams where everyone is pulling their weight equally and you've got five members that can carry, it's maybe harder to define that MVP. So what category do you guys prefer? I don't think there's one that the, the award category doesn't specifically say. It just says most valuable player. It doesn't mm -hmm. define what that means. I think, I think finding a balance is good, right? So if you have one player that's carrying their team but they can't win, then obviously, like, uh, let's say, let's take Patrick, for example, from last year <laughs> on XL. And he was by far one of the best AD carries in the region, even though we still finished seventh, right? So yep. even though we we even accepted as a team, like Patrick's the carry, we're going to give all the resources to Patrick, but it wasn't enough to bring them over the finish line, right? So the mm -hmm. balance is there. Whereas if you look at uh, other teams where, for example, if the player actually is single-handedly carrying their team in a way treats, let's take an example, and they do make play, do make playoffs and they are successful to the point where they've crossed that line into the top six slash top five, then the balance is there. So I think that for me uh, to kick off the MVP voting, my MVP is Odo Amne. Now, Rogue did finish first in summer, yes. Rogue did go to Worlds, and they were one of the most successful teams in the regular season in Europe throughout the whole of last year. But I think that pushing them over the line to the point where they can compete in Worlds and they can compete in playoffs to the point where they can actually contest the top two, 
I think that that's where Odoamne is the biggest factor. Yes, Rogue did take G2 to a five games in the best of five, but I think Odoamne is going to be the factor that pushes Rogue to actually contest G2 in a best of five, perhaps not in spring split, more so, more so in summer split, to the point where they can actually contest the title. I think that's the, the line that I'm crossing, I'm defining here. Yes, Rogue did win the split in summer, but I think that crossing the line with Odo, bringing Odoamne in actually pushed them to be a title contender, I think. It was a gigantic pickup for them, and you know I've been pushing the Odo MVP vote the entire year, so I, I'm actually I'm glad that other people are voting Odoamne because I was worried I was going to get flamed for it for a second because uh, yeah. my vote is also for Odoamne. Um, I, I think I just echo a lot of your sentiment um, on that one. Like the other like top contenders for me would be like a reckless on G two, yeah. a very similar idea coming into the team um, and, and only looking looking to make them stronger. And then my wild card MVP would be uh, a treats in there and i think he was so influential in in the sk race uh to actually end up making it towards playoffs he was legitimately i, th I think probably our overall i would rate him as our third best support in the league performing wise in, in the spring split um but i think as far as like individual contribution goes to a team he was like the patrick on an excel where if he like he was winning bot lanes uh w with jezu and then he was also starting every fight finding every pick like just doing everything for this team yeah and Vetti looked into the stats about wins versus losses and when they lose games he has like 80 percent kill participation which is already insane for the record very hard to do if your blanes are doing anything on their own um he, when they win games he has 100 percent kill participation he's literally <laughs> everything to the freaking team yeah um checks out yeah and it's it's trees is on my list too uh i think i have odawam i have caps still again value a lot of the the like the the in-game comms things from caps more than anything else i think the dude is just uh, an immaculate player but reckless i think is also totally fair um and I, yeah i have treats number three too because i think that treats absolutely deserves that respect because there are sk made playoffs because of treats like very rarely can we argue that a team made playoffs because of a single player but yep. like literally you just count the amount of highlight moments he had where he single-handedly turned a game around you add those up keep in mind at, at sk at the end of the season we're on a massive losing streak yeah um and while I'm concerned for them for playoffs, the reason that they are here is this man. Yeah. Any other player, and that probably does not happen. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's all uh, relative to how you feel about the impact of the team. So, for example, with Treats, like you were saying, they were one win away from not being in playoffs. And Treats clutched out so many losing games for them. Yeah, the biggest one that stands out is Madeline's, obviously. The games were pretty much lost to the point where it's like, okay, let's just try and hold on. He makes a play, they win the game. So they get an extra win on the board, and that actually pushes them to playoffs. So it's all relative, like Reckless making G2. A better team, you could argue, or a different team to what they once were last year. Odoamne pushing Rogue to be a title contender and Treats carrying his team to playoffs. So these are all three MVP candidates in different spectrums, mm -hmm. but I think they all definitely deserve uh, the credit uh, in Caps as well, for, especially for the amount of comms, the amount of power that he brings into mid lane, yeah. the amount of control that he has. And let us know if you feel like we missed out on anyone. Obviously, there's uh, a lot of people who deserve that recognition when it comes to MVP. Ultimately, only one player can win, but there are a lot of players who who really surely stepped up this season. Um, but now, gentlemen, looking forward, last little bit here, a teaser of what's to come. Again, next week's episode, all about playoffs, all about these matchups. But let's talk just really briefly. Split finished out. Shaka Miracle finishing in fourth, which means G2 instantly went. Yeah, we'll take that one for round one. So G2 and Shaka are first round in the winner's bracket. Rogue versus Mad, and we got Fnatic versus SK. Overall thoughts on playoffs? You can talk about a specific matchup or just generally how you're feeling. What are you guys? What are you guys? We'll go ahead. You know, I'll, st I'll start with the, the storylines. You have oh, El yes. Clasico. In the box. Oh lane. my god, Fnatic versus we can't call Fnatic <laughs> El Clasico anymore, dude. Just doesn't Trevor would call it that. So if I'm casting it with him, we're gonna have to. El um, we have the first and second regular season finishers from last year's summer split 
Rogue versus the Mad Lions. It doesn't get better than that. Or wait, it does because the even bigger rivalry, Schalke versus G2. Schalke, the G2 killers face off. In a best of five. Ooh, and, there's, and there's hit all the narratives oh, already. Man. What, are we, what, are we, what are we even But say? now I'm turning my brain on and every single match is a 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> no. We have two weeks. You can't tell them that. Guys, they're going to be really... Yeah, you might, you might be right. I think you might be right. <laughs> Maybe I think, it is. I think, I think Fnatic SK is close, but it isn't. Yeah. Because Fnatic's form recently... I, I, yeah, actually, if you haven't seen the update, you can check. There's an article on Dot .esports, I think, as well as a tweet from Fnatic about how some of the members in this final week had COVID or were struggling with COVID. I yeah. don't know all of the, the specific details. Maybe you can find them for yourselves. But um, yeah, hoping to see Fnatic recover. Um, yeah, Fnatic and SK are two teams that have been struggling in a way to find the consistency. So it's two like volatile teams against each other. I, I agree. Fnatic's a bit of a stronger team right now, for sure. And then you have, like Ender said, Rogue versus Mad, which is almost like the baby super teams that came in from last year who uh, both both did super well last year, whereas one's gone uh, ahead and one's fallen behind a bit. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think Mad Lions actually did really well into Rogue last time they faced against each other. So uh, I don't know if that's Rogue just disrespecting or anything like that, but I think this will be an interesting game to watch because um, I think that the only way they lost that game was Larson Shockwave, yeah. even though Mad Lions should have won that game. Um, so that could be an interesting series and G2 Schalke the Titan Killers so I agree with Andrew they could all be 3-0s <laughs> I think the closest two are definitely uh, Rogue Mad Lions and Titanic SK I think G2 Schalke the best of five and the most important thing to note actually is everyone's playing from the studio the studio yeah True. from the stage oh. and I think the two biggest two biggest factors to that is one the pressure is higher and two it's a small thing but something I noticed as a pro player white noise if you're a rookie and you don't have never experienced white noise, this will throw you off in a best of five. So any any like Jesus out there or anyone like that who blew, who hasn't played on stage with white noise, just start screaming with white noise because this this shh in the yeah. background. It's so loud too. So the nice thing yeah. is, I don't think it will be as loud because yeah. there's no audience, and there's no casting in venue because what it's mainly meant to do is block out like audience noise yeah, and like true. cast yeah. so you can't specifically. Go, yeah, fun fact, it's actually pink noise. It's a different type oh, of frequency. Okay. I only pink know it because I'm a ref. I had to flex that oh, one. Flex but on them. <laughs> it's possible it won't be as extreme because we don't have like okay, our caster sense. calls in the venue. But, but, but uh, a, good, game a, a good thing to see is how is Rogue going to perform on stage? How is Mad Lions going to perform on stage? We haven't seen them on stage for over a year. And when it was offline, they played better. That's just a fact. They played much better than when Rogue went to Worlds. They flopped a little bit. Mad Lions, the same. So every time we see these teams on stage, they flopped a little bit. And when they're online, they've done so much better. So I want to see these two teams on stage. Yeah. SK's rookies on stage. Fnatic <laughs> and G2, not so much rookies on stage. So I think stage they're definitely favored. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, so just to round it out, I think in general, if you guys are coming out of the regular season and you're a fan of any particular team and you're like, oh, you're worried about how their best of five is going to go. Remember, it's two weeks. We've seen teams' entire identities change in this two weeks of practice. I expect Fnatic to look like a different team. I expect XK to look like a different team. Schalke, G2, maybe not so much. Rogue, maybe not so much. They seem to have it pretty well figured out. Matt as well, maybe can mix things up a lot. Best of fives are always a different beast. So even if you're hearing 3-0 right now, remember, a lot can change very quickly we can expect so many different things that game one can come in and all the prep that we've done can be made irrelevant in an instant when teams have shifted up their style completely. Um, but that said, we'll just have to see what happens. This has been uh, Euphoria Season 7, Episode 9. Thank you, Ender, as our special guest for for joining us. Back in jail. I let Cajal shout out his stream all the time. You want to shout out your stream real quick? Twitch.tv slash Endercast. Come watch Boom. him play League of Legends or Valorant. Mostly Valorant. Mostly yeah. Valorant. Or Love Valorant. Valorant. There you go. Or Valheim. Yeah, we, should, we, should, we need to get back on that. Yeah, it's Valheim, true. boys. 
Um, yeah, otherwise, thank you guys so much for watching. And if you're fiending. I'm cringing. We have to do the fish sauce next. I know it's out of order, but, but yeah, the fish sauce is coming next. He doesn't know it yet. You guys will have already seen it. One last thing. Cajal's birthday is on Friday. There's a birthday stream. Check that out. Otherwise, we are off this week for the LEC. We will be back next week. Three back-to-back -back best of fives. Friday, you've got Fnatic SK. Saturday, you've got G2 Schalke. Sunday, you've got Rogue versus Mad. This playoffs is going to slap, so get ready for it. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week to break down those matchups.